0: Welcome to Speak with Ibukun. This is a podcast where guests can share their stories and delve into how they came through their journey in life, who and what they encountered along the way, and where they are now. The Decades series continues where guests will share their recollections of decades they have lived and the one they are in now. Welcome back to the Speak podcast. I'm still here with Lisa, and we ha- we are diving straight into her third decade. We left um, the second decade where Lisa had left home, and she was in college, and she was also seeking to be an actress. Could you tell us mm-hmm. a bit more about that, Lisa? Um, yeah,
1: I think that well, ever ever since I could remember, I always wanted to be uh, an actress and I remember being four years old and I was laying on the carpet watching television with two of my cousins and my aunt said to me Lisa what do you want to be when you grow up and I turned around and I looked at her and I had a little bit of sass and I said a movie star and so I didn't even know what that meant but I I just sort of always took to performing Mm. um um you know, like I took piano lessons, dance lessons, I did plays throughout my um time at secondary school, so it was always something that I wanted to do to I wanted to pursue um an acting career that was really strong in me um, and so when i when I left, that was one of the things that I continued. To pursue but I I mainly your first two years in college is getting like your general education out of the way so you don't do too much of what you are really going to uni for Um, after so after two years I didn't want to stay local where I was Um, I really wanted to get to Los Angeles because that was that was Hollywood that's where Hollywood was. Where the stars so, um, shine bright. Yeah. So I was like, that's where I want to go. And okay. um, so I moved to LA and found a group of girls who were from my area that were also pursuing different careers in Los Angeles and moved in with them. How old were you so then? We I was 21, 22, okay. somewhere, probably about 22, I would say.
0: Okay, and because had you my,
1: finished college then? No, I had two years, and then okay. I, I stopped because I really, I had been doing some research and mm. had found a, a, a private acting school okay. in Los Angeles that was the best school for acting, and that's where I wanted to go. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's basically what I did that sort of fueled me to get there and really just start pounding the pavement, really, Mm -hmm. and getting that off the ground. I didn't have as I was, as I was growing up, even though my parents were very much aware that that's what I wanted to do. They didn't support that. Um, They wanted me to get a real job. They wanted me to have a real career. They didn't see that as something that would be very lucrative and and give me a lot of um, stability. Mm. So that isn't that they they didn't approve too much of that. So I didn't have a lot of support there. Oh.
0: So how did you find the bright lights of LA? Um, it
1: was it was a great time. I had a, I had a great time, and I worked hard. I worked hard and studied hard and had um i worked full time and studied full time and it, it's like you just can't do it unless you're in your 20s you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're saying looking back now <laughs> no nah, yeah. you wouldn't do it
1: now <laughs> yeah, exactly. i
0: understand that you know?
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i had a great time and friends that i have there that I met while I was living in Los Angeles and doing that, I still have to this day, you know, that I, that I'm close to. So that's really, really nice. I have one child friends, friends, but I had friends. friends, Yeah. 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 Which is great. Um, Mm. and I don't, I don't regret it. I don't regret doing that. I'm actually pleased that I pursued that, um, Mm. And I'm, I'm pleased that I, that I stopped, that I just thought, this isn't the path for me. This isn't, you know, what, how I want to go about it. This isn't what I want to do mm-hmm. there. Um, and at the time while I was studying, I was also working full time, like I said. And mm-hmm. it was an interesting time because even though I was going to school, like to uni from the age of 18, I wasn't really a grown up yet. Mm. And even though I wasn't living at home, I was still living with a friend and her mom and Mm. it wasn't, I was still being looked after. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I was still getting meals. Someone was still doing my laundry. I was, you know, I, I was still looked after, you know, Mm. I had pets. I, I just didn't feel grown up. I Mm. wasn't independent. Mm. Um, until I moved to LA and it, it totally changed everything for me. Um, y- you have to learn the budget, money, you know <laughs> it was
0: like adulting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, you know so it it was uh, that's where I grew up. Mm. You know, living in LA was was where I grew up and became an adult and came across some situations that really made me look at who who I who I am, mm. you know, um, being in the industry, there's some great things about it, really exciting things about it. Um, but it is, you, you mean hard. the industry of acting? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. Um, okay. it was very exciting. Like my first, the, the first time I, I, one of the girls I was living with, um, was in a horror film. And okay. so they were looking, I they were looking for extra people to play like dead people or zombies or it was a high school scene and so she said hey do you want to come and i was like yeah you know so um so that's how that was like my first a- exposure or introduction to film mm. and um it was it was low low budget so it wasn't you know it wasn't <laughs> i was going to say hard.
0: anything we know no <laughs> <laughs>
1: Name of it, you know. Um, Oh no. Um. But one of the things I did that was my my break, I guess you could say, was the Wonder Years, which was a television show. No wonder. Years. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was doing that, I was simply casted to be background, to like Mm. be an extra in the background, like one of the students, like in the cafeteria at lunchtime, you know, or you know, just in the classroom, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a speaking part, but I was getting paid and I had to take two weeks holiday for my real job. And um, it was, it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. And um, I was in my mid twenties now playing a teenager. You know? <laughs> so it, it was hilarious. But one day I had one of the assistant directors on the set come up to me and I was talking to someone mm-hmm. and on set you're not supposed to talk while they're filming yeah. but we were so far in the background away from the microphone away from the main characters they you know they wouldn't have heard us but this this assistant director came up to me and he said um the director wants to see you and I was like okay and I thought for sure I'm gonna just totally be made an example of and they're gonna like Totally humiliate me and kick me off the set for talking because I was talking. So I go up there really nervous and um, I stand in front of him and he's like, "Hi." So what's your name? I said, "My name's Lisa." He said, "Hi, Lisa," and he told me his and I can't remember what his name was. And he said, um, "So how are you finding it? You you enjoying it?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's great." And I was, he was like, "Good, good." He's like, "So have you?" ever been a best friend and i said yes and he said have you got a best friend and i said yes and he said do you think you're a good best friend and i said i'd like to think so and he's like good i want you to be her best friend in this scene so it and that was it and from there i went into wardrobe and makeup and everything and that and here i thought that was it i was going to be kicked off the set for talking and you know i was then you're
0: promoted promoter um, to a speaking role yeah. <laughs> amazing amazing okay. so so that was your first uh proper job then yeah beyond yeah. being an extra wow yeah. okay yeah. so uh, after that then did you have yeah. more speaking roles um i did
1: i did um and it was far and few between so i kept my day job um I did a, an advert for Xerox photocopy machines. They <laughs> still exist. Funny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was one of the, you know, something else that was new that I did. Um, yeah. And I had uh, a chat show for a while.
0: Interesting. Uh, but, it, yeah. so it's Well, I'll call this a chat show. I'll just call it a speaking yes. show. But yeah. well, uh, be- before we go to your chat show, what was your, your day job? So what did you do in between?
1: Okay, so my day job, one of the first things I did is I was a receptionist, first for a dentist office, and I didn't like it there. So I changed and became a receptionist for a medical office that was um, full of GPs, um, homeopathic doctors and um, chiropractors and physiotherapist. So it was like a huge sort of building with different doctors. And I was like the main receptionist, one of the main receptionists, because since it was such a big building, they had more than one receptionist at the area where people walked in. So it would be like walking into a building that you go into like the city in the, you know, financial industry, they've got like five receptionists that you walk up to because somebody's always got to, you know, approach and say who they're there to see. So I was, I was, that was my main gig. And Amazing. then, um, and that was, that was, I enjoyed that. Um, and then I became, um, a PA for one of the owners of that particular, uh, practice. Mm. So, and that, that was, that was really nice because he had a lot of celebrities who were his patients. So oh, I got to meet of celebrities.
0: Yeah, <laughs> your network grew in the industry yeah. oh so how did the chat show come about then um chat show came about I
1: think through my agent or my manager mm. and it wasn't something I was excited to do I was actually quite reluctant I didn't want to do it but mm. you go for auditions because the number of times that you get told no you know it's it's a numbers game and and it's good because you get used to rejection you get used to you know it's 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 a tough industry but it makes you thick-skinned and that's Mm. that's a good thing um so I went and I was actually quite surprised because I didn't really want the job um to me that wasn't acting Mm. I I wanted to act I didn't want to sit on a chat show and interview people that I wasn't interested in doing that um so yeah so I did it I think I had like one season Mm -hmm. and I wasn't happy. It was, it was an experience. And the only, you know, chat shows in America, some of them are real and some aren't. And the one that I was doing wasn't real. It was all staged. It was, you know, everyone had. Yeah, but it wasn't really, I I didn't like that we were deceiving the public Mm -hmm. because it was Mm -hmm. meant to be real. It was meant, you know, people who would watch it would think it would be a real show rather than staged and so I didn't that wasn't true to my you know who I was I didn't Mm. so I didn't really like it so I didn't go back to do it again okay um so yeah um did did anything
0: happen in in your 20s so leading up to 30 that was a significant uh relationship or a significant role that you had as an actress anything yeah
1: it was really interesting at the time. I was I was doing life my way. That's the only way I can put it in my 20s. I just sort of felt that I was going to I was going to do things my way. And this is where it's really interesting because as far as my faith goes, I was always in a relationship with God. And in my 20s, I had this newfound freedom where I was no longer in a religion if that mm. makes sense. I was no longer I was raised Catholic but I did I still consider myself Catholic? No. Mm. You know, I didn't I didn't go to church on a Sunday anymore. I would I didn't I was not that girl.
0: Follow us on Instagram at speak podcast and you will find each guest has an interesting fact or picture to share with you. Let's get back to the interview.
1: Mm. Um and so I ended up being in a relationship where I was living with someone and he was very controlling and he wouldn't want me to do any sort of scene or play a role of a character that would have any sort of physical involvement with someone else, like no kissing, anything Mm -hmm. like that. Mm. Um, And I didn't really think too much about it at the time because I was mainly studying my craft. I wasn't necessarily... Um, going to be getting any sort of roles like that, that, you know, I could, I could think of. And so pardon me. um, So it was, it was one of those times when things were going very wrong. Mm -hmm. um, In my personal life, he was cheating on me, Mm -hmm. and he was seeing someone else. And I got a phone call from someone who was representing oh gosh this is so I can't remember names it's just so awful
0: it's all right he's a
1: director and he's a famous director okay and he was doing a film that was going to be filmed in Europe okay and he was looking he had seen my headshot and he really wanted me for the role of the wife in this film it was like a my husband we were in we we're in Europe and my husband goes missing and it turns mm-hmm. out that he I'm thinking we're on holiday and he's actually a spy. So it's you know it's one of those kind of and it sounds very silly but it was no, a good script. That sounds like really a James Bond movie. movie. It does. It was very, very <laughs> much like that. And yeah. um, I was on the phone talking to this man who was representing the director who's very famous. Mm. And we were talking about it and we were talking about, you know, what it would entail. And this would be like a huge, huge, this would be like next level for me. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as my career, this would have been like something that just would have like catapulted me into a different level. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, it was all very exciting, but my personal life was falling apart and, um, I, I couldn't commit, I couldn't commit to it. And I got, a role, because literally, as I was talking to them, the man that I was living with had, I would, I would say, like, within 24 hours of that phone call, I discovered that what he had been doing, I had left the house. And I remember the one time that I was actually speaking to this gentleman on the phone, I was at our flat packing up my stuff. (laughs) So
0: what a distraction. Yeah,
1: yeah um and at the same time I was I had done an episode and one of I was really um we weren't this was probably probably after that because I was living on my on my own then actually and I had my own flat in LA and I got a I got a part to do like an episode of a television show I can't remember what it was and so usually one episode can take 10 10 days to two weeks to film
0: Mm.
1: and so you you get to know obviously if you're you know whatever time you've got to be there for makeup and wardrobe you get to know everyone who's on set and Mm. and you do start to feel like a you know you 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 get to know everybody in it and it's it's nice it's a little community Mm. and so I had really I had a crush on the director oh yeah I couldn't even tell you his name I don't even know what his name was it's fine and, and he might not want to be known yeah this it's is true, true. <laughs> and um and he and he wasn't he wasn't very attractive but I just loved his brain like mm. I, I just was attracted to his intelligence and we all went out to lunch one time and I I kind of was just talking to him and and everybody was starting to leave and and I was just there listening to him talk and 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 that was it that was that was it and he said to um we had wrapped and he said if you'd like to get a copy of the episode I'll give you a call and I'll give you a tape because nothing was on disc then it was all still on like you know tapes Yes so I said, yeah that that'd be great and he said, "Okay great, I'll give you a call." So he gives me a call a couple of weeks later and he says, "Come and meet me and I said, "Okay fine and when I got there, it was at a hotel the address was a hotel mm-hmm. and he wanted me to meet him in his room he had a bottle of champagne and he expected me to stay and watch a film with him or, or and and whatever else and I remember getting there and being so caught off guard Mm. and this man was married so it was very it was one of those moments like I said it was a defining moment for me and it my career wasn't worth doing whatever it was that he wanted me to do um And I just said to him, I can't stay. I have an early meeting tomorrow morning. Thanks so much for the tape. And he said, I'll walk you to your car. And, and, you know, obviously there was conversation where he was disappointed that I wasn't going to be staying. And I said, no, no, I'm sorry, I can't type thing. And and he walked me to my car and he said, look, I'm going. um, I've got a meeting in another town and I'll be there for a couple of days. I'm going to be going over a script. When I get back, I'll give you a call. And you can tell me what part you want. And it was for a film, not a television show. Mm. And I said, okay, great. But I knew that I wouldn't get the phone call. Mm. I knew that I hadn't stayed. So that meant that I wasn't going to be getting
0: a phone call to play a part in a film. Um, That sounds like me too. (laughs) It It, does. It does. So for those listening not in uh, the in 2020 um me too uh, as a movement that that was started um, in hollywood um by by women prim- uh, primarily were um either black bold or blacklisted yes. if you will because yes. they didn't uh, perform certain services for powerful men in the acting industry yeah so uh, that's interesting that's right. Lisa. so um after this, I'd like us to get back to your parents and, and ask what the relationship okay. was was like with them. But just to yeah. close that off, yeah. What then happened to your acting career after? This?
1: Um, I would let's see. Um I was very disillusioned when that happened. And I can't remember the exact time frame, like what month it was or anything like that. I'm I'm thinking it was around August or September. Probably no. I would say probably later than that because August there's like no, there's hardly ever any film work in August. Um, so it would have probably been more like October time. And it was in December for Christmas. I was invited to go to the East Coast. Part of me. So I ended up going to New York. I had not left Los Angeles for five years. I had worked straight pursuing a career and studying for five years. I'd not left that bubble. And so I ended up going to New York and saw a huge amount of plays and musicals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just I was just, I just threw myself into anything that I could see while I was mm-hmm. there. And it really hit home to me that I, I wanted to be a stage actor, not a film and television actor. Oh, um,
0: so I changed there's, direction.
1: It totally changed direction. It was really good for me to have that break as well, mm. um, just to see how I was just so consumed. Like I was just, you know, there was no, there, there was no time for anything else. So mm. I had such a great time in New York that it just sort of renewed my mind a bit. And so I refocused on pursuing other avenues rather mm. than just, you know, what I was doing in Los Angeles. So it was, it was really, really good in that sense.
0: Okay. So but, we'll, yeah. that, that, that's getting us up to into your um, fourth decade. So yeah. where were your parents in all of this? Had you started to work in your relationship with them?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, before I moved to Los Angeles, though, sadly, my father passed away. Um, he had cirrhosis of the liver. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had just he was he was an alcoholic. And it me leaving probably increased his drinking amount. Um, My mom and I, I mean, it wasn't straight away. I remember one time my dad coming to the house where I was living and he came knocking on the door and I didn't answer the door. I looked out through the little peephole to see who was there and it was him and I just was so scared to open the door because I just was expecting him to shout at me, yell at me, tell me, you know, tell me off really. And he started crying and he said, we just want you to come home. We just want you to come home. It was really sad. It was really confusing for me. It was really hard because, you know, like I said, he was, he was adamant that if I ever left, if you know, my brother and I ever left that house, we were not going to be welcome back that you know it it was harsh uh, the way he said it and I always believed my parents when they would say something um and I so I found it and he wasn't he was sober when he said it um I don't even remember the conversation that we were having as to why he said that Um, maybe I I got mouthy as a teenager and you know because he wasn't listening to me I I was maybe not, not horrible but maybe I just kind of got sarcastic or something and Mm -hmm. said, well, you know, then I'm just going to run away. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was, it was really, really difficult. The relationship was obviously very broken and very strained. And my dad, my mom phoned me and said that my dad had gone into rehab. And so we were really hoping that this would be, you know, a turning point. And he sobered up for like a month while he was going through rehab. And then when he came out, he just started drinking again. And it was, it was really, really heartbreaking. Um, And when he passed away, it was sad because my mom, we had seen other relatives. I had um, my, my dad's cousins and just other relatives who were also addicted to alcohol. And it, it was scary as a child to see, you know, what, how it affects the body and, um, and the individual. So to see my father in that state was really hard, you know? Um, but we would have conversations. I would go over, I'd go back to the house and visit. Oh, okay. Okay. So and it I wasn't like you, you,
0: you never went back home. No,
1: I, I just didn't go back to live at home. Mm, mm. Um, but we were able to rebuild our, our relationship. And it was quite funny. I remember talking with my dad one time and and my mom and my mom was saying you know what did you what did you expect would happen when Lisa grew up you you knew that she wasn't going to be living at home forever and he said well why not why couldn't she just get married and live at home with us and have her children here and and it was like my mom was like are you crazy that was never gonna happen
0: (laughs) Oh, it shows so, me the, the love he had for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Looking back at that, um, how do you view your father's love for you? Um.
1: Oh, I know that both my parents loved me. They, mm. you know, they had such a long period of time, just desperate for a child. So mm. when I came into their life, it was just, you know, such a joyous occasion. Mm. Um. And. I know that I was daddy's little girl. I was daddy's princess. I, you know, I was, I was in parades with him, you know, on our horses and, Mm. you know, in costumes and things like that. So um, I think it was really difficult for him to see me grow up Mm. and develop into this young, this young woman. I don't know that he knew how to deal with that. Um, I think he struggled a lot, but I know you know, without a doubt that he, he loved, he loved us all. Love he just, mm. yeah, he did. He did. But uh. he, I think it was hard for him to show emotion. It was very, mm. very difficult for him to be um relaxed in sharing love and mm. showing love. Um And I, I'm certain that's one of the reasons why he drank so much.
0: Mm. There
1: was a lot of brokenness in him. So, um and it's a shame, but yeah. So that, it, it was funny that that moment when he said, you know, I just, you know, she could live at home all her life. She could with, live our, with her husband. babies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and well, he didn't mention the husband in that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. He just assumed me and my husband and our children. We would
0: just all live there at home. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. But, it, yeah. it, it's been an eventful decade, Lisa. And I'm sure there's so much more you could share. <laughs> So, listeners, actually visit the Instagram page and and let us know what you would have liked to hear. But we're going to wrap up the third decade right now. Thank you, Lisa. And we would carry on with Lisa's fourth decade. Please join us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. All of us have a story to share. You can contact us at info at thespeakpodcast.com or learn more about this podcast at www.thespeakpodcast.com. I hope to welcome you on the next episode.